Respect the process. Back for another week and another set. And yes. we actually like made it onto a set. We we moved into is, the big uh, kids area. I know. We're, we're sitting where, at the grown up table this, this week. This is where the Rat Pack normally gets to work. Yeah. Uh, Dino, uh, Frankie Baby, and uh, Sammy Davis, and Sammy Jr., Davis yeah. Jr. Babe. I'm sorry. And speaking of that, the the glare off of that is just blinding. Sorry. I can't. I cannot start the show without. So. All right, so first of all, when you got little hands like I've got here, uh, you don't wear these massive rings that I've been fortunate enough to uh-huh. be gifted with all the championships that Alabama's won. And uh, they're quite a few, and they're very, very nice, and they look great in a display case. They don't fit on the hands usually because mine, as you can tell, it's just yeah. it's ridiculous. But there is meaning. Yeah, which year today. is that? Have to check and see. Oh, this is I know it's 20, so many. That, yeah, that was that was uh, humble brag, as yeah. the way would call it. Uh-huh. This is 2017. Okay. The uh, 17th national championship at the time for Alabama, 26-23 over Georgia. Was that called second in 26? Tua uh, in 26? Yeah. Would so, that be the one? There's some there's some symbolism. Yeah. To this one after fourth and 31. I know. So is there a symbol to the diamonds that they put in there or? Probably. Yeah. There's the two uh, championship trophies. Right. I don't know how many. Encrusted. Encrusted nice. stones there are who's, who's, in have, this. Is that why the two guys are out there to walk you to your car to make sure that you. Yes, uh, indeed. The state troopers. That's impressive. Are there for me. So, well, yeah. I was gonna okay because I was gonna ask this later, but we'll, we'll get to football in a minute. Do they get a Western Division championship ring, or will they wait to make all that to include whatever might? Um, I think they'll wait. Yeah, you know, like basketball this year when I was getting the ring. Yeah, turned out to be two. Okay, there was a uh, an SEC championship ring, right. and there was an NCAA tournament. Okay, interesting deal yeah. as well. It was really nice, great case and again because that they're making these so ridiculously large now they are for your desk i mean yeah. there's really nice display cases they're great but you know when bama baseball well the first ring i got championship ring i got would have been 01 birmingham southern in ai baseball nice. national championship okay. it was like a class ring that yeah. you and oh, i yeah. think of right Growing up. That has your name on it, too, doesn't it? It does. Nice. Address. Yeah. If if lost, please return to. Because I'm sure somebody, you'd have an honest. It's it's got a lot of stuff in there. But that particular ring in 01 was a beautiful ring, Mm -hmm. but it's one you could wear every day. Yeah. And I still wear it on occasion now. Uh, 06, Bama Baseball won the SEC crown. Mm -hmm. And they were kind enough to share. And the 07 basketball team won the West when we still had divisions in basketball. It was a big deal to win the West at that point because the league was really good. Yeah. So Mark was was kind enough to let me get a ring in. Those are slightly larger than the ring just because of about five years. Mm -hmm. But you could still wear it. I could still wear it today and I have no problem and I'll wear it out if I want to dress up a little bit. This... I can't, I can't wear it comfortably. I'll wear it occasionally. I used to wear it a little bit right after Alabama had won mm-hmm. for uh, going to speak at alumni events. Oh, yeah. Because Alabama fans love to see it. They don't get a chance yeah. to see one up close. And their jaws drop when I go, when they'll say, which one is that? I go, oh, yeah, oh this. I don't, I'm sorry, let's no, check and see. That's right. But 
put it on, take a picture with it. And yeah. they go, because I had nothing, I had zero to do with winning this ring. It was kind of the athletic department to share. No, and let me be a part of it. No, I had zero to do with the outcome. But um, the fact that they would share means a lot. So the, if I can share the yeah. ring with no, fans and let them yeah, you know, see it, take a picture, whatever, then that's a cool thing. I'm going to take a page from the Chris Stewart book here and, and say, Chris, talk me through the final possession of Alabama. Coach, uh, your thoughts on, on the, um, your thoughts, thoughts yeah, on the first Yeah, in the fourth half. quarter on Saturday. My thoughts. Talk me through it. Talk through it. Um, because I would I love to. Have, I would love to hear your call, especially on the final <laughs> on the final play. You had well, a great tweet on Sunday saying that if you're looking for a miracle, sit in the was the the back left corner of the I'm, church. I'm trying to remember. I said I'm think think I'm going to be sitting in the back left corner of the church because that's where that's where some of life's greatest blessings. Yes, occur. because. If you're, looking for a pla- if you're looking for a place to sit at church Sunday, I recommend the back left corner. Yeah. Some of your some of the most amazing blessings can be found there. Are incredible blessings because I would. It fit. I wish I could have heard you uh, talk us through that final play on on Saturday because the finish was. And I'd like to say it. We should expect it when playing in Jordan Hare. Yeah, something crazy happening. But but not for Alabama. That, that's the that's the crazy thing. Exactly. Part and of I remember all. you saying that to coach uh during his show on Saturday evening. Yeah. Sunday well, by the time we saw it on Sunday. Um you know, resilient doesn't even begin to cover that final possession. It was it was crazy. So help me because I've got to go back and think on this. Oh god. It started with the the muff punt, right? Yep. Okay. So the guy drops the punt. Yep. Bama recovers. And initially, yep. the thinking is, or it's a scoop and score. Right. But obviously, but it no. wasn't because fair catch, ball's down there. But then you get first and goal at the eight. Yes. And you're going, okay, here they are. They're going to bleed the clock, power it in. Great way to end. And then, bam, the snap. Yeah. Or, excuse me, shall I go snap? Which, by the way, are we going to need to pass a hat? For Seth McLaughlin and and any therapy he might need because he is one of the most dog cussed yet yeah. brilliant kids and great kid and a great kid which happened to be the featured player so on the Nick Saban show so we we do that segment yeah. we're we're about to do that uh-huh. segment and I've told the story before about how we do the shows yes and then I promise I'll get back to the. I know what you do. We're, we're going to Tarantino this. We're starting in the middle. We're going to finish and then come back to the beginning. You know, it's you and me visiting for a half hour. Yes. We're doing the TV show with Coach where we tape it in segments. Mm-hmm. And it's time to do the segment uh, on Turning Point and the player feature. Mm-hmm. I think go back to back on it. I think maybe Coach. Anyway, we're, we're going to do the, the player feature and... Uh, I tell him, Coach, our player feature this week is Seth McLaughlin. Only because we won. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, we would have we would have made we would have called an audible if it wasn't. He he, he just this shook week, his head. No he shook his head and kind of grinned about you know the direction I was going. As it turns out, and we all saw it, heard it, whatever. I mean, look, everything's great if you get away with it, right? Right, right. You know, but 
the Auburn player clapped, which is supposed to be a penalty. It was not the only penalty on both sides that was missed by that crew. It wasn't the best crew, but we're, we're going to, that's, that's. I, you know, uh, I'll leave it alone. Yeah. But the, the thing was missed. And so, uh, yeah, Seth was, Seth was the player feature. Yeah. And we, we kept Seth as the player feature because of the fact that things turned out as well as it did. But, yeah, so, that would have, have been up for debate. We have the uh, bad snap. The bad snap uh, after you get down there and it's it's first and eight. Which, now you got second and forever. Which, as you think about it, it in a good way, we're bleeding time off the clock. Well, it, you're bleeding time off the clock, which... Yes. Yes and no. I'd have rather taken my chances. Exactly. We. Uh, I mean, yeah. let's not forget the Auburn quarterback was five of sixteen for the game. Yeah. So, them driving it down and getting in field. Yes, in this rivalry, I could absolutely see it happen. But I would have felt a lot more comfortable if we just yeah. finished it in the timely fashion that we should have. Right. right. In there. Instead, you got to have the the incredible dramatics. But yeah, it's backed up. And what was it then? Second and twenty-six. That sounds about right. And then there's a procedure penalty mm-hmm. to back it up five more. Uh, or I guess pass beyond the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's the five yards plus loss of now. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. So now here you are at fourth in thirty-one. Yeah. That's what I heard. And Norm, yeah, Norm, Norm Waldrop is the uh, one of the, the orthopedic surgeons um, for the game and you know, for the Alabama team. And, and Norm and I are standing there by each other, and he turned, shook his head. And it's about to be fourth and 31. And I said, man, this is going to be so much fun to cut their hearts out right here. And so well when played. the uh, – it's one of the few times I got one right. And I was trying to – speak it into existence. Thankfully Manifest we did. It, yes. We did. But Norm goes uh <laughs> the the play happens. And Norm was on the sidelines as I was for Tua in twenty six. Mm-hmm. Which was a walk off win, obviously. Yeah. So we all spilled out onto the field right. then. I think Norm had a flashback. Okay. Because I look and he's out beyond the hash mark. <laughs> and then about that time, an official does a back up and he slams on the brakes and turns and comes running back. He goes, I can't believe I was out there. Right. He goes, and then he goes, I can't believe you called it. <laughs> so it was fun. It was really special. Uh, um, it was special that Eli got that opportunity yeah. and, and delivered on the call. Uh, it was special for me to be there. The main thing, regardless, Alabama won. Yeah. And, um, Exercised some demons and let mm-hmm. her undo that. You know, this was the 10 year anniversary of the uh, kick six. They will have a 20th and a 25th year celebration. They should. Um, but this will go on forever. To, and this, this one is, will too. Yeah. This one will too. It'll go right there with. But look, you know, I've talked about it many times when I'm, especially at home games, there's some amazing opportunities that I get as a kid who grew up an Alabama fan. Yeah. And to have my first Iron Bowl be Van Tiffin's kick at Legion Field in 1985. Mm -hmm. And then to finally meet for the first time Van Tiffin last week, two weeks ago. I'm sorry, the last home game. 
he was there, and he and Lee, his son, who was a great kicker as well, uh, both were the honorary captains mm -hmm. for that particular game against Chattanooga. And I got my picture made with Van before the ball game. I was like, you know, 15-year-old Chris would have found this incredibly oh. cool. And, uh, and then to have a finish as amazing. Yeah. Uh, they're always in the moment the ones that mean the most. I'm, you know, again, I was there, the, the kick, because mm -hmm. it is forever known yeah. in the rivalry, with Bama having to drive and, and Greg Richardson having to fight to get out of bounds, and Paul Kennedy's call was fantastic. Get to the boundary, Greg. You know, in the middle of the call or radio, he's, he's the fan, and it comes out, yeah. and you, um, you saw all these years later, feel the urgency even more than you see it when it's got the radio synced with it. Um, there's just so much that was to that and so special. And to get to have a front row seat mm -hmm. to the next yeah. amazing moment in the best rivalry in college football. You can have Ohio State, Michigan. Again, I say it many times. There's nowhere near as many Ohio State Michigan fans that had to go to church together on Sunday right. morning as Alabama Auburn fans mm -hmm. did. And if you don't show up at church and you're on the losing side, your friends that go to the church know exactly why you uh -huh. weren't there. And yeah. you'll just catch it Coward. the next weekend. Not yeah. only not only did you lose, but then you didn't show up you to take church. it at church. Exactly. So I know. It's it's unbelievable game, unbelievable rivalry. Um you know, I got to walk to the stadium with uh, Andy Bertram, Paul Ellen, and uh, Brad Law. Yeah. After I had run into Stan White in the parking lot getting ready to tailgate, um, those guys are friends of mine. Look, yeah. it, it's tough because in this state, the thing that we we most rally around is that game. And you normally rally around with your friends to watch a big game yeah, and to celebrate together. And Andy and I have talked about it. We spoke to the Monday Morning Quarterback Club together last week. It's the tough thing about it when you have a, a friendship yeah. like we do. And you can't celebrate actively in the moment. Right. The biggest moments for us, like I told yeah. you about with Ride and, and the Kick Six, it took me three days, but I finally called him and congratulated. Yeah. First of all, I knew his phone had been ringing off the hook. And I said, I'm sick that it happened. But if it had to happen, I'm thrilled for you that you got the moment. Well, it's a small community. Like, again, it is. It's a, it's, it it's, is. That, that is, those are your peers and that's, they understand. And, yeah. and in for Eli, with what he's been through, to have that opportunity in that right. moment to get to call that is special. Right. And I'm, I'm thrilled for him that he did. Yeah. Okay. As much as I want to talk about the good, we do need to talk about the ugly a little Ooh, bit. A little bit. Take your pick because um, there was a good bit. Well, you know, both Coach Saban and Coach Freeze, the run was the big issue. Coach Freeze had said we need to establish the running game. They Nick did. Saban had said we need to eliminate or at least slow down the running game. And I really felt going into the fourth quarter, I told my husband, I said, the defense is going to have to do something extraordinary, kind of like they did in the LSU game to create an opportunity for them to put it away. And we just never got that. Yeah. I, I don't, and it's, it's okay. Was Auburn's running game that good 
or was Alabama's defense struggling? Um, yeah. Or a combination of both? Because keep in mind, and everyone had, this was a team that had struggled against New Mexico State the previous sure. week. And I told you, all that did was scare me that much more. I know. Because you I felt know a lot like of people guys were that already, way. Yeah. guys were already focused on um, looking ahead. To, looking yeah. ahead. Guys were, were focused on that probably from the Auburn side. And nobody was talking New Mexico State once that game kicked off. Yeah. I mean, it was all about that game. And yeah. as the game was tight, the further you went into it and Auburn's ahead, they didn't care in the least what happened the week before. Nor should they. Um, I remember Alabama going, was it the Rory Turner, I wax the dude game? Robert McGinney misses the field goal for Auburn, 84 or 86. Can't remember. Um, But there's the missed field goal. And Bama was not good there. I think Bama was five and six that year. But they won that one, and that gives you all the momentum, supposedly going into the off season, and and you're excited, and you know it's um, that game either creates a lot of issues or is a salve on a lot of words. Well, because the bottom line is Alabama can't play that way next week against oh, Georgia, gotcha. or they're going to get run Look, straight I, out of the building. You're exactly right. And there's a chance of losing, um, even if you play your best. Yeah. I've said it many times. I think I've felt over the last 16 years, Alabama's best was good enough to beat anybody else's best. Um, I don't know if that's exactly the case in this game. I'd love to see it. I'll take my chances with Alabama's best, even against Georgia's best. But I think Bama's best will involve no turnovers, uh, maximizing each opportunity that mm-hmm. they get, but not giving opportunities to Georgia. I'm not – there's only one aspect of the game from the Bama defensive perspective that I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. It's Brock Bowers. Yeah. You know, do you have an answer for him? Well, and what percentage is he at right now? And I'm sure he's going to go as, as much as he can. I got a feeling he's fine. Yeah. For this game, he'll be fine. But can you limit him? Mm-hmm. And what does limiting him look like? Yeah. At the same time, you you can't lose the turnover battle. I know I'm talking about things that are cliches yeah, by and large, but they apply. Yeah. Especially in a matchup like this. Bama's best would beat anybody else, as I said. But they're going to have to be at their best for them to find out if it's good enough. You know, coming out of halftime, Tyler Booker said the other day that he felt like they had lost momentum. Watching Jalen Miller play in the third and the fourth quarter, it almost felt like he was hamstrung. Like, there were so many times when you're going, run the ball! Are there other times when you're like, He's not – was it play calling? Was it what Auburn was presenting them with? Was it him? Because there were there was well, – crossing the line of scrimmage twice and then making those throws was unlike him. Here's the part, and I'm, I'm not nearly as well-versed as many of the people that are talked to on this platform. Uh, 
under the next round family. But I, I do believe this. There's a base play called when you come to the line of scrimmage. But there's any number of options for a quarterback to check off mm-hmm. to when he gets there. And it involves not only recognition at the line of scrimmage, it also involves recognition and adjustment by the other 10 guys on your side of the ball to make that play happen properly. Mm-hmm. You had each of the last four quarterbacks that were not only great with their arms, but were so well-versed in making those adjustments at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Jalen physically is incredibly talented. Yeah, He's still trying to get there, I think, in yeah. terms of that type of recognition where it's a complete mastery of the position in the offense because that, it's not so much the play call, it's do you adjust at the right time and then execute and does everybody beyond Jalen mm-hmm. do their part when you make a change at the line? You know, we talked about Brock Bowers, tight end for Georgia. Um, obviously, he's, as you said, he's going to be, pretty healthy come this game. What about Alabama? Because we know that there are a few nicked people yeah. here and there. Jace McClellan's an important piece of the puzzle now. Yeah. He's really good, and you've got to be able to run it to some degree. Right. Um, it's where I am excited to see uh, Roy Dell get a chance right. if, mm-hmm. if McClellan's not able to go. Uh, and the other two young ones, you know, what are they going to look like? Are they going to be so well rested mm-hmm. that this is the opportunity yeah. to shine? Um, they have a they have a chance, I think, to have some success running the football. They're not going to run up and down the field on Georgia, but they'll have some opportunities that they've got to take advantage of. Jalen's got to throw it yeah. to the right color jersey. And he's been really good in that. If he'll play, if he will simply build off the confidence mm-hmm. that he should have after making one of the best throws to one of the tightest windows in the most pressure-packed of situations, if he'll just play off that confidence, he'll be fine. Um, this is a really, really, really good Georgia team that expects to win, and deservedly so, based on what they've done for the last three full seasons. Mm-hmm. But you got to put some doubt in it. I still think, despite the fact they won the last matchup, they being Georgia, mm-hmm. not necessarily this group of players, <clears throat> I think there's still some doubt. In, in the words of the late, great Larry Munson, a little nausea, you know, running through mm-hmm. right there. And that's going to be interesting to see if they can avoid it. If Bama does something to get an early lead, don't forget they were – they were leading and looking good in the national championship game after they'd already beaten Georgia yeah. in the SEC title game when they had at least one of their receiving weapons. When they lost him, they were very pedestrian, and Georgia made the plays and earned and deserved the national title. But if you don't help them, yeah, I think they got a real good chance. So I think I checked the line today. It was I think it's six mm-hmm. um, favoring Georgia. 
does Alabama have to not only win, but do they have to dazzle Ooh. in order to yeah. become part of the conversation? Because I guess the thing is, when looking at this, how does Alabama jump over Texas? Barring, they don't. Barring. Uh, it seems like Texas is the noose hanging around their neck right now. Yeah, but the fact that this committee still has Alabama at number eight mm-hmm. is absurd. Um, there's enough of a body of work and enough of a resume, not only to understand who each of these, we'll say eight teams are mm-hmm. that are ranked one through eight, but you've got enough of a body of work to see who they are based on who they've played. Mm-hmm. And again, now Alabama loses to Georgia. None of this matters. Right. But if they win, there's no way you can tell me that Alabama's resume and who you see them being each week over the last two months with your own eyes, that they're not one of the best four teams in the country. And the committee says that they, they, they like conference champions. Okay. And they also say that they evaluate based on the body of work for yeah. this season. I had a lot of yeah. girls tell me they liked me too, but I they know. never went out with me. Well, so um, they're lost. Well, thank uh, you. But uh, th- that's. But I you think, know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. You know they can say all that stuff today, and then I I think, you know, there's hours and hours and hours and hours of analysis on. Numerous platforms yes. such as ours, yes. all the way through the, Every, the major television networks, discussing exactly what we're discussing yeah. right now. And when all is said and done, ordinarily, the committee goes, "Oh, what have we been doing? Okay, okay, Here there we, we go. go, good enough." And then whoever the committee chair is comes out, and makes some, you know, does a thousand interviews and explains why they did what they did. Yeah. But nothing changes. It's why, and I know Ryan and Jim are very much of the opinion, and man, do I hope they're right, that if Alabama wins, they're in. Mm-hmm. I I think if you're asking me greater likelihood of something happening, I think there is a greater likelihood, barring other dominoes falling, mm-hmm. that both Alabama and Georgia get are left out than I do Alabama and Georgia both getting in. Yeah. Not that they deserve it. Not that it will make the playoff better. Not that it's right. But I do think, unfortunately, that that scenario is more likely to happen than the other. I, I, it's going to be interesting regardless because I, I, you do get kind of the national sentiment that if anything Michigan can do to trip them up, you're out. That's oh, it. no doubt. You're gone. No doubt. If they fail to get off the field on third down. You're done. You're out. And I think that if Alabama were to go out there and just shellac Georgia the way they did two years ago. Yeah. Just, I mean, just an absolute ass kicking. Yeah. It would be hard hard to ignore. It would be very hard to ignore. It's going to be interesting to see if there is any conference that is able to get two teams into the national championship. Into the conversation yeah. of fourteen, I I just don't think. Here's the thing. Again, unless 
there's just total chaos. Mm -hmm. I don't see how they're going to wind up with two in there. Yeah. Because you're going to have Alabama and Georgia. And let's say Texas does win. You can't put Bama in and leave Texas out, probably. Mm -hmm. Probably. Because they can say, not only we win, we won in Tuscaloosa. Right. I know what Georgia has been. But are you going to put Georgia in over Alabama when Bama just beat them the week before? And they have the same record? Yeah. Um, That would be a total sham. So at that point, but also, since we've gone to this format, number one has has ever been left out, Mm -hmm. even with a loss. So I just don't see them sliding from one to five. Unless... There's enough undefeateds in front. Everything else says stay status quo. I just don't see them jumping Bama from eight to four and sliding Georgia down past them. I'd or say, keep, excuse me, yeah. keeping Georgia either at four. Because in this scenario, Bama would have to go from eight to three. Right. And Georgia slide from one to four. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> I just don't think it'll happen. You know, I'd say comical or ironic that we're having this conversation this year because next year we'll be arguing over who should be 11 oh, and 12. It, it's why. It's going to be ongoing. No doubt. No doubt. It's it's like the NCAA tournament yeah. for basketball. You got a 65, no, 68 team field. Yeah. And we still have teams that we talk about. We spend several hours the that bubble. night. Who should have gotten in? Who was on the bubble? Who should have gotten in? Um no matter how far you expand it. Yeah. When it was two, we'd talk to, you know, when we had the the polls mm-hmm. determining the champions. And you could have still had, you know, you think about it this year. You know, and I didn't spend a lot of time, but I did think briefly. What if we had the old system where conferences were tied into certain bowl yep. games? You know. May not have played each other. So Alabama would probably play, play. Well, Alabama would be in the sugar. Okay. Ohio State, no, I'm sorry, Michigan would be in the Rose. Yeah. Um, Winner of Oregon, Washington would be in the Rose. Would be in the Rose, yeah. It's Michigan. Well, frankly, you're probably going to have the winner of that game get the national title. Would Florida State go to the Orange? Florida State would go to the Orange. Okay. Possibly the sugar, yeah, um, to play Alabama, right? Which would be really good, but I think it would be the Orange Bowl. So you would still have opportunity. You might have more opportunities to sort it out better in the oldest yeah. of formats <laughs> than you would even in a two-team playoff. Yeah, I don't know. So bringing it back to the Alabama and Georgia game for Kirby Smart. A win over Alabama would truly cement his legacy as one of the best coaches in the SEC, in SEC history. Because he would be one of the few coaches who could say he had beaten Nick Saban, not only in regular season games, but in pivotal conference championship as well as national championship. 
And would that usher in a new era of sorts look, and in terms of recruiting as well? Yeah. Look, they're already getting it done. You're recruiting. Um, Georgia is now. And I'll just go ahead. I heard somebody refer to it as new money. The, <laughs> well, I've heard that and I understand I like that, that and I don't good. disagree with it. But I, my line in a few interviews already this week yeah. and we'll tick off the silver britches, but I stand yeah. by it. Georgia is now finally as good as they've acted like they were for the last 40 years. I love that. It's I the know. truth. I know. I it's know. truth. They have acted. Um, I've heard Auburn fans say they've, Georgia acts, they've got Alabama's arrogance and they don't even have our resume. <laughs> and until that's two good. years ago, that's true. No, absolutely. Auburn had a better historical resume yeah. than Georgia, but they go around and pretend that, that they've done what Alabama Mm-hmm. is done historically. Um, but that's not right now. Georgia's the best right now. Yeah. That's, you know, you'd be, um, can that change Saturday and change that narrative for for going forward? Sure it is. Yeah. But, I mean, they've won, what, 29 straight now? Back to back and are, are number one going into the the championship game, which is in essence the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Of, of whatever we have now. So, they are absolutely that, finally, um, and would take another step historically to be in one of the greatest stretches yeah. ever. You know, Miami's, Miami's had some great stretches, but Miami historically is a horrible program. Mm-hmm. They almost dropped it before Howard Schnellenberger came in and flipped the switch mm-hmm. and basically set up the, the perimeter where nobody was coming in to get players out of Miami anymore yeah. in Dade County. It was uh, phenomenal. Um, historically, Florida State wasn't very good until Bobby Bowden, and then Jimbo got one. Um, but, you know, when you're talking history there, just let's start with Georgia's history. You know, Kirby's got two. Yeah, rest his soul. Vince Dooley only had the one yeah. national title, and was king there till he passed away, and is still rightfully so. Spoke of, spoken of with great reverence. reverence. Yep. Was- Kirby's got twice as many, and he might get a third in a row. Absolutely, he's in this stretch. Will always be referenced as one of the great stretches in the history of college football. You know, can they sustain it? Does he get, when I say bored. No, I understand um, complacent bored. Um, does he decide he wants to try an NFL challenge? Uh-huh. They all, they all uh, do it, and then they all come back. They do. Because their ego tells them that. <laughs> well, ego, but also, daggum, the money. Yeah. I think about those college coaches that took the NBA money. Leonard Hamilton didn't last a season, I don't think. In the NBA. Yeah, but nothing's going to top college <coughs> and, money with with what Jimbo Fisher is being paid to not coach football right now. Well, yeah. The best money, the best job in America is being fired right. as a college football coach. But um, he, he has put himself already in Georgia history. Mm-hmm. But three in a row, no matter what happens the rest of the way, college football history will always speak. Of, of him in an amazing way. I like that you phrase that as 
college football, then you know Alabama fans will continue to think of him as former employee of Nick Saban. Def- well, defensive coordinator that helped us win a bunch uh-huh. of titles as well. I know. So never and forget, He's- never forget, and and always appreciative uh, of that. You know, we're not going to count his titles. I always introduce Nick Saban. Uh, a man who literally needs no introduction when he's at an Alabama venue. But uh, I go, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of seven national titles, six that we actually care about, you know, yeah. or six that we're actually happy about. Right, exactly. You know, Kirby's been a part of a bunch of national championships. We, we ain't real happy about the last two. Yeah. Certainly won two years ago. But uh, he's been on the field for a ton of national championship games. He's lost a couple. He won a bunch with Nick Saban, uh, and he's won two as the head coach at Georgia. And hopefully Alabama will make it where three is, is it? not going to be on the table. So, obviously, we, we, we know what Georgia brings to the table this weekend. Um, what is there one thing that you could say that this is what Alabama has to do this weekend in order for it to be, I'm not even going to say a level playing field, but in order for them to have success. Is it momentum? It's is it two th- stopping it, to me, Bowers? Is it? I, I think it's two things. Because I'm not concerned about the defense keeping Georgia in check. I don't mean shut them down, but make it where the offense has a fighting chance. Yeah. When you have scoring opportunities, they have to be maximized. Can't trade threes you can't for seven. You can't trade threes for sevens, you can't get inside the ten, have first and goal, and settle for three or get nothing. Um, You can't get inside the 30 and not get points. Um, But at the same time, you also can't turn the football over. I think if you you maximize whatever your opportunities are offensively without giving the football away, we're going to have a chance for a great ball game on Saturday. We'll quickly pivot to a little bit of basketball real quick. Last okay. night, had a win over Clemson. Lost to Clemson. Lost to Clemson. After Sorry. Winning, no, after winning against Oregon. Yes. Uh, and then, unfortunately, losing to Ohio State. I've yes. had back-to-back losses because I didn't do the Saturday game. I know. Way to go. Uh, it's my fault. Um, Got to get better on the defensive end. You really do. Consistently good on the defensive end because you're going to have starts on occasion – Rarely, but you're going to have on occasion, like they did against Clemson, where they missed 10 straight threes to start the game. Eight of those good looks, open shots that looked like they were halfway down and popped out, didn't go. Got a little better in that regard, but still couldn't get stops in the second half. Yeah. Uh, you're going to play, even though Clemson's very good and will be ranked and should be and will contend in the ACC you're going to play a lot better teams before we ever get into conference play. Yeah. You still got Purdue in Toronto next week. You've got, um, got Creighton, Creighton I, on their floor. Yeah. You've got Arizona in Phoenix. You know, you've got some tough ball games yeah. coming up where you cannot afford to play defensively as you have. And it's why Nate Oates says 90% of our work in practice for the next several weeks is going to be on the defensive end. Yeah. Not worried about our offense. Go get better on defense. We've got a tune-up against Arkansas State. <coughs> is it next week? Maybe Excuse next me. Monday? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Brian Hodgson, former assistant of Nate's, both at Alabama and at Buffalo, 
<coughs> now working for Jeff Puritan. Can I get you? Can I get you a Coke product by chance? Can I get you? We can do that. I tell you what. Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll if, fill. I'll, you fill. I'll I'm fill. not connected. Good. I've got. No, you're good. You're this good. is. This is the this adjustments is a, you can make. Well, yeah. In this type of format, in this type of show. Because I could also <coughs> offer you a, a cold Stella, or a wicked. I think it's wicked weed you over think there. I'm, you think I'm stupid now? Bring some of that over here. No, we're, we'll stick with. We'd like to thank this honey. Yeah. Thank From you, Coca Cola. They're the absolute best. Always Great the best. People. See. Great people. Well, that's and now uh, we should just like Coach Saban have the the Coke and the Dasani, the Coke that has never been opened. I was going to go back to Coach Bryant's show because that's what I remember as a kid. Oh, the with Golden Flake potato Golden chips. Golden Flake chips. Charlie Thornton opening up the chips, pouring oh. them out, and the, they both pop the top on a Coke and that's, take a sip at the start of the show. That's the way to do a I show. Can't believe I get to host that show in essence now. That in is twenty twenty three. Um, and I enjoyed it because I, I'd also, as there were times went back when I used to cover football and be there and I'd go out on the field post game to do my stand up, and the sprinklers would come on. Yeah. I have a hard time imagining that the sprinklers have ever come on when you've done. Is that right where you are? Okay. I was rude of me. Oh, what? What a gentleman. I call myself a gentleman and I didn't even bring you one. My apologies. Thanks. So anyway, no, the sprinklers coming on. Yeah, that's not that's not right. That shouldn't do that. No. When you're trying to work. I mean, I'm, I was I was amazed, though. I was pretty impressed that they keep the lights on for you. I've also had the lights turn out on me. Well, they'll have the mowers yeah. going. They've, look, it's kind of, we, we're trying to work. We're not trying to show anybody up. No. It's just the easiest place to do yeah. this. And uh, thankfully, except on a couple of very rare occasions, we've always been able to get that done in a pretty easy fashion. And he's always, I mean, I, I, I enjoy I enjoy y'all talking back and forth and, and listening to his tone. But even after a game like that, I mean, you know, I saw in his Monday press conference where he said he was in church and he was thankful for the opportunities that they got. Yeah. Um, but you know, you never see him just you know shirt off waving it over his head after a win <laughs> yeah. like that or anything. But relative, relatively speaking, he was he was pretty happy. Yeah. Well, he was pretty happy. I mean. I, it doesn't get much better than that in terms of uh, being able to walk out of there. And as you said, let's get out of here. So officially, I found the tweet because I don't remember what it said. But if you're looking for a place to sit at church this morning, I recommend the back left corner. That's where some incredible blessings can be found. I mean, we, they were. I'm going to drop the mic on that one because uh, Roll tide. can't get much better than that. So this weekend we have, is it a 3 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central Time? 3 Central, 4 Central. Eastern kick. Yeah, that's perfect. Pre-game on the network will begin at noon central. Yeah. They're, they're punishing us in the soccer tournament. My daughter's playing in because she starts Ooh. at uh, 430, 430 oh. Eastern time. So, oh. yeah. Well, the Varsity app I recommend uh, where you can hear me. I'll be listening. While you're watching. Okay. I'll be listening. Um, so, we hit it over on Friday? Thursday or Friday. Thursday. Probably going to go Thursday. Okay. Little recon get, work. Well, yeah, get settled in and mm-hmm. figure out the best best ways in and out. A couple of good places to eat and go, go enjoy. enjoy myself. Well, the thing, I mean, that's again, I hate to say that they're comfortable playing at Mercedes Benz, but they that, that, that ain't the that, first time that three or four block plot of land's been really good. It has been good to them. Years. It so, um, okay, well, listen, I can't let you go without me saying giving us a hearty here. Here, here, just roll tight.
big hearty roll tide. Uh, for Chris Stewart, I'm Kelly Hunter from Scott Forrester and everybody here at Disrupt the Media. And next round, we want to thank you, and we will see you next week.